You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. One game is in the books as far as the preseason is concerned, and your Cleveland Browns were a winner. What is next? That's the big question because there's never a dull moment when it comes to your Cleveland Browns, and it's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being on board. If you like what you're listening to, man, we love having you on board. Subscribe to the podcast. All right, Daryl, a lot of headlines and storylines. Um, after Friday night, let, let's start with before the game. Deshaun Watson apologized on Browns radio or on Browns. Brown, he did it on radio too, but also apologized on television, which was a rebroadcast of what was on the Browns television network. Your thoughts on him apologizing and the timing of it. Um, I, look, I mean, it, it's clear that uh, the timing was not a coincidence. Um, everyone's aware of what he's facing and that is a season long suspension. And, I think that was the Browns' way of trying to mitigate that a little bit. Remember, they got $230 million invested in this guy, and the season basically hangs in the balance of uh, his availability or not. And uh, one of the things that uh, was pointed out in Sue L. Robinson's report was a lack of remorse, lack of contrition, however you want to phrase that. Um, I, I think that that's something that the commissioner tried to get across without actually saying it uh, at the owners' meetings. Uh, when he was asked about why the league is so steadfast in looking for that uh, full season suspension of uh, Watson. So, um, you know, the team was able to control the message. Uh, They were able to effectively do that in the pregame show, which they uh, pretty much controlled. And as a former, uh, as a former uh, employee of that show, they control the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all Browns mandated, everything that's in there. Right. So they, they were able to control that uh, environment. Um, Aditi, I thought, did a great job with the, with the, the Q&A there and providing Watson with uh, the, the platform to say what uh, needed to be said. And we will just have to sit back and wait and see if it was enough. Uh, you know, if the NFL or in this case, uh, Peter Harvey, if he uh, considers that apology to be sincere enough and heartfelt enough and uh, whatnot. And, you know, the waiting game continues. Yeah. I, did you, I mean, you were on camp today, right? Is there any feeling that we might get a decision here soon or what are you thinking? I know it's uh, a daily question. But. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, uh, 
it's I'll give you the same answer I gave you with Sue L. Robinson. When Peter, when Peter Harvey wants to tell us, Peter Harvey will tell us. I, I mean, <clears throat> look, I mean, we are every, every week hopeful that we get some sort of resolution and closure uh, to this situation. And and depending what Harvey rules, right, we still might not be done with this. <laughs> I mean, there's the chance that the NFLPA on behalf of Watson tries to take the league to, to federal court and get an injunction so Watson can still play in week seven if they feel that whatever Harvey comes down with uh, in the form of uh, extended discipline is, you know, beyond their scope of what they feel to be reasonable. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I have no idea what the NFL is going to argue other than the standards of how owners versus players are treated are different. I don't know. Yeah, you mean the NFLPA? Right. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that flies in federal court or not. This is a collectively bargained process. And, and as far as I can tell, the NFL is operating well within those parameters, but we don't know what Harvey's going to, Harvey could come back and say, no, six games was on the money. Uh, you have to, if you want longer suspensions for these type of offenses, then you need to put that in policy and in writing. But uh, as I, as I said, Andy, the commissioner made it very, very clear in a very public fashion that the league, including himself, does not feel like six games is sufficient enough for what he himself termed egregious violations of the personal conduct policy. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the one point on that. I just don't know why the commissioner, the commissioner had the keys to the car. He didn't start the car. He handed the keys to somebody else to drive it. And so Super I just think plausible deniability. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I, I just, I mean, I just, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of emotions in play on this story. There have been since day one. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think the commissioner had a chance to, take care of business and didn't. And so while we sit here in limbo, I'm always going to question the commissioner on why he just didn't, he had the power and chose to go in a different direction. I understand why he would do it. I mean, no one wants to be the bad guy, but they pay him a lot of money to be a bad guy. So um, it's uh, Dan Menegan calls him a human meat shield because, you know, because he's got to take all the, all the heat for what people don't like. Um, uh, let, Let me, I, I, there's one other point to the story that I just kind of want to bring up too. And that was the, the crowd in Jacksonville, cause they were all over him. And I, I do think, you know, while it was interesting to hear what Deshaun had to say in the beginning, cause I immediately, my eyes opened. I was like, well, he's making an apology. And I heard it on the radio. I didn't see him while he was saying it. So I was like, wow, Deshaun's making an apology. That was, that was the first time I had noticed that. But the story that's been kind of, you know, the headlines and just talk and, you know, it's radio, it's newspaper, it's television. But there isn't a sense of reality to the whole thing. Seeing some of the video of the fans in Jacksonville brought a, a sense of reality not only to what's actually going on with the story, but really seeing number four lead the team out on Friday night was another part of the reality to watch him play quarterback. And I do think that things that may have seemed abstract before became very tangible on Friday night. Yeah, and it, Joe Batonio said Sunday uh, prior to practice that, you know, he noticed that they go, got booed a lot less once Deshaun Watson left the field and that they are, you know, pretty much uh, prepared to deal with uh, whatever adverse uh, reception that they will uh, get on the road when Deshaun is out there. Kevin Stefanski said Sunday that they certainly can't waste their time worried about 
you know, what other fans might be chanting or, uh, you know, whatever type of a hostile environment uh, they go into. And look, hostile environments are part of sports. Um, just, I mean, gosh, go back to 2010 when LeBron James came back to Cleveland for the first time. That as- I've never I- seen a game with more vitriol. I the, like you could just feel it. You could feel it in the arena. I legit was worried for everybody's safety. Like I was praying that nothing bad actually happened, that it was just, you know, people would hold up their, their signs or chant or whatever. And that's all it would be. And thankfully that is all it was that night. There was um, one tiny incident at the end of the game where there was a fan who was sitting way up high, like one of the last rows in the arena. And he just started cheering because that you know the the Heat won that game. LeBron played really well. I don't right. know if a lot of people remember that, <laughs> I um, but yeah, I think Cavs fans do. And that guy started jawing with Cavalier fans who were already frustrated, and he just got a cavalcade of beer tossed on him like I've never seen before. He got it was like he was underneath Niagara Falls of beer. But you're right, that was that was one of those moments where. I, I've never been in a situation like that before. Like you felt like there was just about to be a gigantic fight breakout. Um, yeah. And you know what? Fans have every right to express themselves as long as they do it in a very uh, uh, nonviolent, uh, you know, way booing, you know, is certainly allowed, right? You, if you want to have a sign, as long as it's not profane, you're, you know, I think you're entitled to, to hold up a sign and, and, you know, disagreement or protest or however you want to phrase that um, is just as long as lines don't get crossed. Right. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. There are lines you should not cross uh, as a fan. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of the the, the message that Joel Batonio tried to kind of pass on that they, they have an idea that they're not going to get a warm reception around the league, at least early on. You know what I'm saying? But as we know, time tends to heal all wounds and things like that. And we talked about it on the last podcast that, I mean, I've already seen it at training camp. I, I do not hear uh, nasty things coming out of the crowd. I've not seen uh, a single protest of Deshaun Watson at training camp by, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I know I, you, yeah. you would not know. Uh, and unless it, if it weren't for us asking about the situation on a daily basis, you would have no idea of what Deshaun Watson has faced in the last, uh, what, five, six months since he's been a Cleveland Brown when you go out to training camp. And that's, quite frankly, how the Browns want it. And that's also how they have kind of designed it a little bit from a PR standpoint. It's why nobody is really talking right now. Kevin Stefanski is pretty much the de facto spokesperson for the organization. Uh, Ownership, uh, Andrew Barry. Uh, and Watson are not going to be made available uh, to reporters until this situation is uh, resolved. Uh, Watson is out signing autographs and taking pictures with fans. That's all, again, all part of the image rebranding that the team is trying to do for him uh, to show, I guess, the softer, kinder side of him because the, the public perception based off the allegations, let's be honest about Andy, it's, it's negative, right? Sure. I think that, I think that's I mean, fair that's, to say. Yeah, I don't and think uh, and so the the team is uh, you know trying to minimize any negativity and kind of put him in positive situations, and that's part and parcel to why they did what they did Friday night by having Aditi do that interview with him, which they taped I think at the team hotel, and give him the 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 friendly platform to issue an apology, to mention that. 
he is going to continue with counseling. I think that that was a little bit of a news Friday night because when he came and he was asked about that uh, by us in his introductory press conference, he had said, I don't have a problem. I don't need counseling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that's a little bit of news there, but, um, yeah, I, you know, this is all part of the Browns effort to take the focus off of all the off the field stuff related to the allegations in the civil suits and kind of bend it toward fan friendly and football friendly atmosphere, if that makes sense. No, I get it. So we can actually talk about him playing. Cause I don't know how much longer we're going to get to talk about his his actual stature on the field. Um, and it wasn't a good start. Obviously he looked like a guy. And I'm curious just if you could compare what you've seen in camp to what we saw, uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I can imagine the nerves. Um, I, I don't, I mean, it, Schwartz didn't look good. He didn't look good. Um, you know, half the time he, he didn't have his full offensive line. That was the first thing I noticed. Um, and they just, they, they had struggled to move the ball. Uh, what'd you think of Watson? His first, his first time out on the field. Yeah, I mean the that that whole, the first three series there with Watts on the field, it, it was a it was a mess. Um, he didn't look comfortable. Didn't get help from those around him. My goodness, on the second play of the game, he lost his starting center, yeah. who he had been working a lot with. So that's on top of the atmosphere. And that stadium was, from what I've been told, was about a third full. Like it, it looked empty it, on TV. It, no. it was not. I was trying to figure out if they taped some of their pregame stuff there and it was empty there. And then as I was watching the game, I was like, Ooh, there isn't a whole lot of people. There. Yeah. I, I think they announced uh, over 50,000 tickets distributed, but I don't think that they had anywhere near that in the building, but yeah, it just, it looked real discombobulated offensively and just things kind of snowballed, right? I, first series uh, you, you get a drop from Schwartz. Nick Harris gets hurt three and out punt on uh, second series. Uh, second down to Ernest Johnson gets stripped, fumbles the ball. Uh, third series, you get a couple of penalties in there, a Schwartzy drop as well. And then his night is basically over, right? So it's it, it's hard to really uh, judge anything off of that. Um, certainly the situation and whatnot, it, it, you know, the the knee jerk reaction is the Browns paid $230 million to, to you know, have what we've had for, 20 years outside of Baker Mayfield, what, but I seven, think that, yard, seven yards. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's a little unfair and, and harsh. Um, and he'll get plenty of time, I think against the Philadelphia Eagles, as long as Harvey doesn't suspend him for the year. Um, I, I think that because Jacoby Brissett's not going to play against Philadelphia, they're going to get him all his reps during those controlled practices. So um, yeah, I think way too early to, to judge Watson on the field uh, a little unfair and but it is fair to say that it was a sloppy debut offensively for the Browns in that, uh, you know, first three series of the preseason opener with the first team that didn't have the first team offensive line. I, I just yeah. I, you know, I was looking at all the names in the back. I was like, this isn't this isn't the line we're going to see. All right, let's take a quick time out. Let's come back. Let's talk more about the game. Let's look ahead to this week. And, and there's a hole at center right now. And they got to figure that thing out. So we're going to talk more about that. Coming up here, it is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Back with more after this. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always game day in Cleveland. One preseason game down and one segment down as well. Segment number two, thanks for joining us. We're glad you're on board. If you want to participate in the show, all you need to do is hit us up on social media at CL, I'm sorry, at game day CLE. I got my CLEs mixed up on this one. At game day CLE on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, Again, Daryl, let's jump back into the game. And, you know, the first team didn't look sharp. As the game progressed, um, as we saw second-teamers against second-teamers and third-teamers against third and fifth and fourth-teamers, you know, the Browns got better. Uh, Some big plays that happened, the defense. I I, I tell you the one thing about the beginning of the game that really uh, I thought was a good sign was the defense able to hold the offense to field goals those first couple times down the field. I thought that was – if there's one important statement about football to be made, it was a defense bend but didn't break early on. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville put, a I think, 11-play drive together on that opening series, and they had to settle for um, three. A, a, you know, a chip-shot field goal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after the turnover, they uh, didn't really allow a whole lot, and uh, Jacksonville ended up having to kick a second field goal. So, yeah, uh, I think here's what we learned, uh, I think, Friday night. Uh, Jacksonville starters, not that great. Uh, their reserves are pretty terrible. And the Browns reserves are much better than what Jacksonville has. And that the Browns have some quality depth. Um, Especially at running back. Well, I don't know. Kevin Stefanski wasn't exactly throwing bouquets at uh, Jerome Ford. At Jerome Ford when I asked about him. And I don't know if that was Stefanski doing the typical coach, checking the rookie who had a really great game type thing. Ford did fumble, so maybe that was in the back of Stefanski's mind, the fact that Ford fumbled. But uh, two touchdowns to one fumble, I, I, I'm i leaning more towards of a, a little bit of a positive night there. But, I mean, that's why he's the coach. He understands uh, the details of the game that he's looking for from his players. And the impression that I got from Stefanski is that Jerome Ford's details were not as detailed as Stefanski would have liked them to be. But let me check. He's a rookie. Okay. I, I, rookie. I know. But you know how coaches can be sometimes. No, they, I know. They're, they, I, they don't want to. Right. They don't want to say anything positive. Um, Especially I, in a room where, I mean, think about it. I mean, Hunt and, and Chubb didn't even see the field. Right. That's a bit. That is a very full room. And then Emerson with that, I call it a rip six, not a pick six. Good it call. was a rip six. 74 yards going the other way for a touchdown. That was impressive. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, a couple of sacks and a, uh, a tackle for loss. Uh, impressive. 
So the rookies showed up, man. Kate York made all his kicks look good kicking off too. I think one of his kickoffs went through the uprights or play. It came it pretty did go far. Through. Yeah. Uh, it did go through because mm -hmm. it looked to me like it came pretty close if it didn't. At least that's uh, what Jimmy said. Jimmy yeah. said that on the air. Did he? So. Okay. Uh, look, looked pretty good to me. So all in all, I thought a good night for the Cleveland Browns, save for the start, those first three offensive series, which uh, again, we discussed some of the mitigating circumstances uh, around that. But I, I thought it was a good night for the Cleveland Browns there down in Jacksonville. No question about well, it. The biggest, the biggest pain was Nick Harris going down third, third play of the game. And then, you know, it was like, bing, JC Treader. Like that, I, you couldn't move or touch anything in social media without JC Treader, JC Treader, JC Treader. Now, and there was talk about J well, there was talk about JC going to Minnesota at one point. Daryl, why will that not happen? I I think that number one, they like Ethan Posick and they really want to give him uh, a chance. It's not like Posick's a rookie. He's, I think, in his fifth year. Um, came here as a free agent from Seattle. He, it was framed like he was going to be competing with Nick Harris for that starting job, but turned out Nick was the leader in the clubhouse to win it. And unfortunately that's been taken out of his hands with that. Uh, what we're expecting at some point to become official uh, a I season. ending. I, when injury. we saw him leave the field, I just felt terrible for him. I was like, Oh man, this gets shot. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's two carts we've seen in the span of seven days or less than seven days. I should say, you know, going yep. back to Jakeem Grant going down with a, a non-contact injury. Um, so, uh, that that's number one. Uh, and then um, I, I thought Joel Batonio had some interesting comments on Sunday when it, he, it's Cleveland again. It really is Cleveland against no, the no, world. No, 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 not, no, that, that was related to the booing or the JC Treader comments about, no, it was the J the about JC Treader. And yeah. he, you know, <clears throat> he basically wondered out loud if it's a coincidence that here we are a week into the preseason and JC Treader has no team yet. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay lost their starting center and Treader is not with the Buccaneers. So, you know, is that being held against him that he's the president of the NFLPA? He, he has been very vocal about offseason programs and players not attending them. Um, I, I did find it interesting if you go back and you, because I went back and looked some, at some of the transcripts from like the offseason program, how many times Kevin Stefanski talked about attendance and how happy he was that everybody was there. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you wonder if that is something that's, that's held against someone. My, my goodness, uh, Treader on Saturday tweeted out about the conditions at Soldier Field. The, the, that field looked like a cow pasture. Now, granted, I think it was an Elton John concert that they had there the week before. Well, but you look at the Browns, who had Machine Gun Kelly at First Energy Stadium Saturday night, and then eight days later, they're supposed to host the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how the the Browns grounds crew can get uh, first energy stadiums field uh, football ready in such a short amount of time. And they're some of the best groundskeepers you'll find anywhere uh, in the country. Um, so yeah, you just, I, I did find uh, Treader's use of the word suspicious was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and also that, you know, that it's an, I think he said something to the effect that it's an interesting topic to ponder why JC hasn't been signed. Especially and, when there were stories about him being the top free agent out there, still out there. Yeah, and and not only that, but also a reliable player. He did not miss a single snap related to an injury with the Cleveland Browns. The one game he missed last year was because of COVID protocols. 
That's the, he did not miss. And I remember him playing like a pro bowler with a high ankle sprain for half the season. He would literally, Andy, he would come into the locker room wearing a walking boot every single day. Wouldn't practice, couldn't practice, Uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, but guess who was out uh, on the field Sunday mornings getting ready for the game? It was JC Treader and he was out there and he played through it and he played at a high level. So yeah, it, it does. I, I think that Betonio, in a very polite way, raised a an interesting point about, uh, J, you know, is JC, for lack of a better word, being blackballed because he's the NFLPA president and he's constantly advocating on behalf of the players, which I think sometimes chafes some of the owners around the league. Is he better than Ethan Posick? I think that I wonder why Minnesota didn't pick him up earlier. Yeah. um, I just put it this way. If the Browns signed him tomorrow, I would not have a problem with it. I don't think that's going to happen by the way, being very, I don't think that the Browns are going to sign him. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but just my opinion is I don't think that the Browns are going to bring in JC Treader. Um, But I, I, I don't think it would be a bad move that that's just, you know, (laughs) that's just my take on the situation. Speaking of breaking uh, breaking in, because next segment I want to talk about what's coming up. But um, there was a story late last week from Mary Kay saying that the Browns would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I was like, okay, all right, well, all right. Um, do you think that's on the table? I, I, uh, you... I'm, I'm interested in uh, – well, never mind. I won't go there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you buying that? I mean, if Deshaun gets the full yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, if he's – and I think that they – I think they owe it to themselves to pursue Jimmy G if – uh, Deshaun doesn't become available. Uh, you, you you can't waste another year of Miles Garrett and Joel Batonio and and all these guys, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, this team is built to win. Uh, I I will say I think one thing that got exposed Friday night a little bit is the uh, behind Amari Cooper is the the receiving core a little bit. I, I think that some of those questions that were all those debates we would have middays and that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the receiving core doesn't look sharp right now. Uh, the receiving core also, in fairness, has been beat up through camp. Uh, you know, uh, Anthony Schwartz hasn't gotten all the reps that uh, he should have gotten or uh, needed, I should say, because of injury, which that's not his fault. You know, guys getting hurt, just unfortunately stuff happens. But um, the the receiving core uh, hopefully will uh, – start to show more promise than what we've seen. I think that's a nice way to put that. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. And then there's that. It's always something in Philadelphia. I think it's sunny. Guess what? We'll find out if they think it's sunny in Cleveland when the Eagles fly into town this week for practice and for a rare preseason game on Sunday at one o'clock. That just seems weird to me. I don't know. It's Maybe it's just me, Daryl, but let's come back. We'll, uh, we'll look ahead to what's coming up this week. For your Cleveland Browns. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to be a part of the show, at GameDayCLE on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's look ahead um, to the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town. I like these joint practices too. I think teams get more accomplished uh, in a controlled setting, at least for coaches do. And then I also heard just a little inside tidbit here that um, Jason Kelsey may not be coming to town, coming home. That's that whole high tie connection. So we'll see if Jason comes home. He's, you know, he's, he's been battling injuries for the last couple of years. And I don't know if the Eagles want to, uh, want to risk it with him coming in we'll see i hope he comes in but um i had heard rumblings midweek last week that there's a shot he may not come in daryl your thoughts on this uh, week with the eagles yeah i'm with you look i think that when you're talking about a uh, preparation standpoint joint practices are much better than the preseason games coaches can control the environment they can get more out of them because you can, hey, if we want to work on fourth and fives or we want to work on goal line or we want to work on red zone, offense deep, right? You can just set that stuff up. And I'll be honest with you, I think the NFL preseason would be a little more entertaining if, in fact, that's what they did, right? Like, hey, uh, the the second quarter is going to be a red zone quarter, right? And the team that, scores the most touchdowns, wins the quarter, do, you know, to do something yeah. like that. Again, I, I realize I'm talking fantasy land here and we'll probably never see something like that, but um, it's part of the reason Jacoby Brissett is not going to play uh, Sunday afternoon because he's going to get all his reps that he needs against the Eagles in those two practices. Joel Petonio made a great point too. I mean, those joint practices are as good as the coaches that run them. And as focused as the players are because if the players just come in and they and start fighting all day, right? Nothing gets accomplished. We remember what happened between the Browns and the bills up in New York. Remember what well, was my whole childhood. Like I, every time they would have these joint practices, I remember like, yeah, watching the nightly news. Oh, where yeah, was the fight in, in Buffalo this week? Right. Yeah. I mean, remember in Indianapolis, Indianapolis yep. against the Colts a couple years ago, they actually had to end a practice early because the, the teams just kept fighting. Um, and so um, I, I like the joint practices. Uh, I certainly see the appeal with them. I think that they're more beneficial than the preseason games are. Um, it would make a lot more sense to me if joint practices replaced the entire preseason, but we know that's never going to happen because the preseason is a revenue stream for the NFL. And um, you want to be careful because in joint practices, they do. They still limit game speed at times, um, and in the preseason, you do get legitimate 100 uh, percent game speed because you have guys that are competing for roster spots. But um, it, it's going to be a hard week for the Browns. It really is. It was a light practice on Sunday, a um, lot of three quarter half speed walkthrough style for the Browns. In addition to the uh, the positional drills that and individual drills that they did, but uh, Monday, Tuesday, 
I expect to be pretty intense. They'll be off on Wednesday. The Eagles come to town for Thursday, Friday, and then you got the preseason game Sunday. I mean, it, a hard, hard week of work awaits the Cleveland Browns. It's it's not going to be an easy week for them, not by any stretch of the imagination. Do we, we cut down on Tuesday too, right? We go back to uh, 80? Go from 90 to 85, 90 to 85 at 4 p.m. Yeah. on Tuesday. That is correct. And then the following Tuesday, they will go from 85 to 80. And then August 30th at 4 p.m., the initial 53-man rosters are due. And then at noon, August 31st, waivers expire, and teams can put together the practice squads and start claiming players off the waiver wire. It just, doesn't it feel odd to have Sunday preseason at 1 o'clock? I don't, is it me? I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm used to games Sunday at 1. It's like, I've covered the Browns for 15 years. I'm used to the Sunday afternoon at 1 kickoffs. Andy, come I've on. Lived it. I've it's, lived it for 54. You're right. You win. You win. You're right. It's the primetime games that I have trouble adjusting to. I will never have to adjust to a Sunday afternoon at one kick. Come on. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Point, right. I mean, most preseason games, yeah, they're usually 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock on a Thursday or Friday or a Saturday night. I, I hear you there. Um, in fact, uh, I believe they play Sunday and then they'll play Saturday, if I remember correctly. Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago. So, um. Yeah, I'm okay with a Sunday afternoon at one preseason kick. Sure. All right. So, I mean, just it, I thought it was off at nine a.m. for all I care. Let's get it over with. <laughs> Let's have the rest of the day. Um, I I also think you know, I felt like we turned the page. I know we talked about this early in the show, but it, it feels like it's Jacoby Brissett's team right now, right? Does it feel that way? Like, okay, we understand what's going to happen with Deshaun. He's going to sit out at least six games. We need to hand the reins over. So, the, you know, and we may not see him next Sunday, but this is an extremely important week for him to. to he's got. I, I mean, I don't. No matter how much they want to say Deshaun Watson's the man, the man, the man, and that he's going to be the starting quarterback, that doesn't matter anymore. Jacoby Brissett has to be the man, the man, the man, or else the season's going to get away from the team really quick. Well, I mean, look on Sunday for the first time, Kevin Stefanski really acknowledged that they're not going to have Deshaun Watson in week one. Like he he said, Hey, he's not available to us week one. We've got to, you know, begin preparations with uh, Jacoby. And that's why it was always part of our plan to go ahead and start turning the keys to the car over to him here in this particular week uh, of uh, the preseason. Now I will say this, um, Deshaun is still getting sprinkled in with the first team offense. Uh, it basically Jacoby goes out, gets his reps, comes off. Deshaun gets a couple of reps, and then Josh Dobbs comes on with the twos. Uh, at least that's what happened on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, it's the, the timing lines up, and, yeah, they got to get this guy ready for, for, at minimum, the first six weeks of the season, and that's how the Browns have to operate until, again, as we're all waiting for Peter Harvey. Hello. Hey, Pete, you around? Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, can we get a decision at some point here, like soon? Uh, season's approaching. Like to know, is number four going to be allowed to play? If you can get around to it, I know you got a busy schedule, but anytime you could get around to making a decision and letting the rest of us know, that would just be fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, this is the but this is the week that they really ramp up getting Deshaun, or I should say, ramp up getting uh, Jacoby Brissett ready to be the Week One starter in Carolina against who I'm guessing. 
is oh, going to be boy. Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. I'm just throwing that out there. I think it's going to be that's a show. That is a show unto itself. Let, let me just, let's wrap up the, the other game. I didn't think I, Josh Dobbs felt look good, but again, I'm looking at okay, he looks good against Biff and six. And by the way, for Baz, I thought Josh Rosen was going to look. I thought he was okay, six seven for fifty six yards. Yeah, I, look, I mean, uh, Dobbs, uh, I was really really impressed with. Um, you know, Rosen, for a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of work in camp, I thought was pretty good as well. Um, he did not look like a guy who was getting minimum uh, snaps. And uh, in, in, in so uh, the fact that you have both of those guys uh, kind of waiting in the wings a little bit here, um, and you got to get them work too. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting roster decision to be made uh, by Andrew Barry. Do do they keep both Dobbs and Rosen behind Toby uh, Brissett yeah. uh, with Watson going to the reserve suspended by the commissioner's list there on uh, August 30th? Um, yeah, I I was I was impressed what I saw uh, from a quarterbacking standpoint for the uh, the final three quarters of that game in Jacksonville. I thought they I thought both of those quarterbacks did a nice job. Daryl, uh, let's go into final thoughts here. This is a quick quick podcast. It felt like it was pretty fast, especially for all the content that was going on. Uh, give me your final thoughts. Well, again, <laughs> come on, Pete. Do us a favor. Just tell us what's happening. How many straight weeks is this, Andy, that we've been having a conversation about? Well, I, I just I think there's just this unbelievable sense of frustration, whether it's in Berea yeah. or it's fans or it's media or, you know, the voices that we hear on the air all the time. It, it's just frustrating right now. And it's hard for me not to point the finger at anybody other than the commissioner because he could have ended everyone's frustration. It, you know, for, for everything he said that he wants uh, Deshaun Watson to be penalized for and what, what they want, he just – all you do is turn the car on. It would have been over. Well, I'm going to point He's the dragging finger. it out. I'm going to point the finger at Deshaun Watson. Well, I, I agree with you on that too. He, I mean, he, uh, he's the one that put him. In, he's the one that put himself in the in the front seat of the car here. And uh, had he not, we wouldn't even be having these uh, discussions. And had he not, he might not even be a Cleveland Brown. He might be a Miami Dolphin. Right. Good point. Um, Good point. But he's he is a Cleveland Brown. And uh, yeah. So my final thought is just I. I for for the Browns' sake, for our sanity's sake, for fans' sanity's sake, it just it would be nice to have a uh, a final resolution to how how many games is he not going to be available so that everyone can kind of get on with things right and we can actually really really start to focus on football instead of having these conversations about what may or may not happen with Deshaun what may or may not happen with the Browns with or without Deshaun and, and things like that. And, you know, we can start, uh, you know, really talking about this football team and, and, and where they are and where they need to go. And ultimately, Hey, you know, how are they going to keep the boat afloat? Uh, once we have an, uh, a, a set number of games that Deshaun's not going to be available because um, the team is built to win today. But we're also kind of seeing some cracks already of where they might not be as strong as we thought they were. So that's my final thought. 
And we'll get to talk about that later in the week when our next podcast drops. So thank you for listening. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane. Thank you so much, Meredith. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast, or you can always uh, chime into us and, and hang out with us on social media um, at game day CLE. Feel free to give us some stars too along the way. Hey, thanks for listening to it's always game day in Cleveland.